and welcome to How We Live Online. I'm Christina. I'm Joanna. And we are already on episode three of our fourth season. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Last week, what did we talk about, Joanna? We talked about um, aliens and sending them little love notes like our hair and blood. Yeah, we sent our blood to space. With given funding, I would send... I would send an amulet encased with my blood to space. Do you know how much I've been talking about amulets slash amulets have been being promoted to me in the past like two weeks? How? This is not the first conversation I've had about it. In my head, an Christina amulet speechless. Is- <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, am I thinking of the right thing? I'm thinking of like... A necklace. Yeah. That is like a crystal or a, a, what's it called? A precious gemstone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would send to space. And then it would be engraved with my name, with my DNA sequence. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your Gataka. My Gataka. I'd Gataka to space. Um, Yeah. And we're going to talk about space again today. This is the second part of the space episode. I don't know. I got a little tired of, well, I guess we had two episodes of the exploring. I'm going to talk about exploring, but maybe a little bit differently today. First though, Joanna, you'll never guess my Bev. Oh, is that a challenge? Yeah, it's a challenge. (laughs) What am I drinking? Whale's milk. Whale's milk. (laughs) Um, it's water. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Water hydrate yeah I don't know if I'm challenging myself myself my shelf I'm challenging 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 I don't know if I'm challenging myself to have a different Bev every app but so far I'm doing it today I have a hot chai tea and ladies and gents and everyone else I know that that is redundant to say I know the chai means tea I wanted a black tea and mm-hmm. the only tea that we have is chai which <laughs> makes it's tea <laughs> it's tea but I guess it's like also like chai spice like it's chai brings with it tea and inherent spices I believe what I it's think sounds silly. sillier than a chai tea is a chai tea latte yeah I feel like at that point you just say chai latte yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I'm having water because I really should be hydrating as a sick person. I could tell when I was editing the last episode that I was definitely like getting sick. Oh. And now I'm like getting over being sick. Hmm. So my voice will probably sound completely different next time. Did you know, like, did you consciously know that you might be getting sick last time we recorded? Yeah, I did. Okay. I felt bad. I felt like my throat my throat was really like in pain and I thought it was just because like I went out that weekend and I was I drank a lot like I had a day where I was and this doesn't happen to me often because I'm pretty I'm usually like I know I'm gonna be hungover and I wake up and I'm ready to attack it and then I will feel generally fine by like noon Mm -hmm. but I was drinking vodka, which I don't do often. 
And I actually never drink vodka. This is what happened. I was going to go to my friend's house to pregame. And she said she got vodka. At that point, I was at dinner. And I was like, okay, well, if I, I don't feel like buying any alcohol. So I guess I'll drink this free vodka. And if I'm drinking vodka later, I guess I'll drink vodka now. <laughs> Instead of like having a beer or having like a margarita or something. So I had a lavender lemonade with vodka in it, which last time I had this lavender, le- the the mixed drink is lavender lemonade with vodka. Last time I went to that restaurant. Huh? You mixed it or they mixed no, 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 no. it? No, at the restaurant. Where, where is that? Bovine Burger. Oh, no effing way. Yeah, seriously effing way. Anyway, last time I went, I was like, I just want lavender lemonade. Like I, I hate vodka. I don't want vodka in it. So I just had the lavender lemonade. It was delicious. Of course, as soon as there's vodka and it, it's kind of gross. Anyway, <laughs> so I had it. And then I feel like, or maybe I had two. I don't know. I was like all, kind of a little bit drunk. And mm-hmm. then I ended up not going to the pregame and just meeting her at the bar. So I could have not had vodka, but I'd already like told myself like I'm drinking vodka tonight. So I had vodka drinks, which... I have to say again, like if you are a person who drinks, there's likely one kind of alcohol that like, you know, does not sit well with you. I had already out of, out of actual like brokenness and like not, and like being so cheap, mostly being cheap. I forced myself to have vodka because I was like, oh, I can drink free vodka later. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. I got pretty drunk and then I was so hungover like I was in a position of doing nothing until like 5 p.m and then I went to Iron Blossom which is a music festival in Richmond that just happened except I didn't actually go I just went to a rooftop that overlooked it because I got cheap broke and yeah and that was fine and I went inside like one of my friends had like their apartment complex was like having free drinks on the rooftop to like listen to the music. And I went in and it was like all like millennial, like 30 year old men. And I was like, oh, I need a cup for water. Like, is this water? And there was a tap like in, in the rooftop, they had Mm -hmm. a kitchen and there was a, there was a tap on the counter. And I thought like, it was just like a fancy, like cold water tap. You know, there's like a a pot filler or something on the stove. And I asked some man there if it was water and he was like, oh no, actually like, I think like this is a keg tap. And then he was like, let me get here. I'll get it for you. Oh my God. Like, oh God, I don't want that. But then he like poured me this beer. I tasted the beer. I said, is this cider? And he was like, oh yeah, it might be. It was like extremely fancy, the most delicious cider I've ever had. What the heck? So then I was like, all right, I guess I'm drinking again. <laughs> That's wild. I was like desperate for water. And Isaiah <laughs> ended up buying me like a liter of Evian water, which is so Oh my God. <laughs> um, that was delicious. And I don't drink enough water. So it took me like three days to drink it. <laughs> mm. I think you're on the mend. And then I was like, I guess for the podcast, I'll just surprise her and have water. And also it's thematically important that I'm having water. Okay, let's get into it. So India 
recently on August 23rd landed on the South Pole of the Moon. They're mm-hmm. the first, it was the first probe ever okay. to land in the South Pole of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And they were in a race, like an actual race with Russia to get there because they both released their probes at like similar times at the end of the summer and Russia was taking a shorter route to the South Pole but India was taking like a 40-day journey around they just took different like slightly different routes and so the Russian one was called Lunar 25 and the Indian one was called Chandrayaan 3 and People were like undecided which one would win. I feel like people were thinking that Russia would probably win because Russia and China are right now in like a bestie moment trying to get to the moon. Mm. And they have this like deal where they're going to create like an international space station once they can like actually find a place to be situated on the moon for like long stays or possibly, you know human moon village so like a like not as because the international space station right now is just in space oh so not called that it's called like international it's like a moon station another station another Mm. another place of love between (laughs) russia and china (laughs) and i don't know (laughs) it's like it's like their honeymoon spot on the moon, China and Russia, where they're literally like, it's us oh. against the world. China. Wow. And Russia. Yeah. So China, either it was in 2020, was able to get to the far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. So they're, they've been like kind of, you know, so they've been a little bit ahead of the game. So having Russia's Lunar 25 and India's Chandrayaan 3 going to the South Pole of the Moon, they weren't manned. They were like probes, but they were very important for the possibility of having people inhabit the moon slash possibly in the future Mars. So mm-hmm. India ends up winning. And the thing about the South Pole is that most of the most of the like orbiters or the probes or like manned missions have landed in like this narrow band around the equator of the moon. Mm-hmm. But on the South Pole, there are craters within craters that are very, very cold, which means that mm. the gas that is that bounces around the moon could maybe hopefully be ice in the craters that have craters. <laughs> In the South Pole of the Moon, craterception with ice, craterception, ice age, is there? All these countries are like, we need to get to the South Pole of the Moon because if the cold is trapped there, then possibly there is water there, and water, as we know, is an important resource for humanity. As you can see, I'm drinking water in this. Uh, what a call back to water. What a call back to water. Hold on. Hold for water drinking. Can we get some water ASMR? We're recording on Zoom, so I don't know if that'll have been picked up, but <laughs> you can imagine it. 
Um, and what else happens if there's ice? Then there's water. And then from water, you can make CO2. And also, apparently, maybe there is methane and ammonia there. And with all of these things, you could presumably make fuel. I thought you were going to say life. No, I mean life, but fuel to, okay. to be there. I, I was thinking stay. a little bit like, um, what's the professor's name in Powder Puff Girls? Power Puff Girls? Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These are the ingredients for the perfect little girls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were doing a little there. Oh. Methane, ammonium, <laughs> CO2. <laughs> but it's the ingredients for fuel. These are the ingredients for life on Mars. But we're on the moon. No. Great point. I was also confused about that. I was like, why do we care about that? How, like, how is that going to get us to Mars? Okay. It's the pit stop to Mars. The moon is the New Jersey of 95? Yes, it is. It's the new Walt Whitman... Oh, oh, the rest stop. Yeah, it's the, the new Walt Whitman. <laughs> the moon is the new Walt Whitman rest stop. In my That's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Wow. So it's literally a gas station. <laughs> Can you believe yes. that? Like for all of time and how much we love the moon. We're just going to treat it like a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Like we have spent years like worshiping the moon, like allying our time with the moon. And then we're just going to use it to extract fuel. Wow. Continue, please. So the Trangion 3 did not land directly on the South Pole of the moon. They were... As we know, as explorers do, they were edging and they got to like, I I guess what this reporter said was like the equivalent to the edge of Antarctica. The idea is that there is possibly, you know, water frozen into the soil, which is has a different word. Wait, hold on. I want to find out what that word is. It can't be soil because it's on the moon and it doesn't have the same... It's moon sand, moon yeah. sand, the sand that you can mold. I feel like we've talked about moon sand on the pod before. Regolith, in the regolith of the moon, which is the soil of the moon, there is hopefully all of those life-giving chemicals, you would say? Is a is water a chemical? Yeah. Okay. Um, resources, if you will. So these orbiters are not they're not orbiters these probes are like hopefully collecting that regolith the chandrayaan 3 and then they're going to bring it back the ice that is hopefully at the actual south pole is supposedly coming from transient atmospheres that produced comets and those comets created like abrasions in the south pole of the moon because they hit the moon and what all of these astronauts and scientists of the world are hoping is that there is a record of what has hit the moon 
to hopefully explain the history of the atmosphere or history of the moon and the history of our planet. Like Mm. with all of these fossilized abrasions in the moon, we can understand how the moon and the earth came to be. Honestly, that's pretty cool. Yeah, some kind of, yeah, we would be able to tell the history of the solar system with a stratigraphic record, which would be what is, you know, etched into the regolith of the moon. (laughs) And I also, as you guys know, like, I really don't give a fuck about a lot of this stuff. (laughs) Like, generally, like, I think I just had no, like, initial interest in this kind of like my interests were always pulled elsewhere right like I and yet I'm doing this podcast in which like we're talking about the moon but I also think that like it's more exciting to me now that I have like so many years of like not caring about this thing where I'm like all right well what's going on over there because maybe science is interesting and science is interesting obviously but I think I have I always had that like push back against it because I was bad at what the the building blocks of it in school so I was like okay if I'm not good at this kind of thing or like if it doesn't come naturally to me I don't find it interesting but this is really interesting yeah to me this is fodder for my position and my argument that marriage is amoral but the right person to marry is a geologist and this makes me stronger in that opinion. Um, you know, I know a geologist mm. who is getting his PhD at William and Mary. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, can set you guys up. Yeah. I mean, there might be a mutual mutual fondness for some of these science topics in there. <laughs> Mostly I just want to go on not the vacations. I was gonna say vacations, research trips. <laughs> Vacation I want to go on. Yeah, I want to go on the research vacations that a geologist goes on. Yeah, and you know, Joanna loved Jurassic Park as a child. Yes. Is it just that you had a crush on Laura Dern in that like cargo pant? Well, she's a botanist. Oh, right. Sorry. So... (laughs) um but yeah I think I think that's a big that's a big thing but you Um, don't know it was in those cargo pant pockets probably was rocks probably was rocks probably was what'd you plant it mirth what's it called on the moon did you say mirth yeah I did (laughs) regolith 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 yeah she probably got her pockets full of regolith Joanna used to walk I'm just like saying Joanna did this Joanna did this <laughs> Joanna used to walk around with glass in her pockets oh that's different yeah no that was I guess that's the same but they were windbreaker pockets not cargo short pockets so that's a that's a big diff right so did you just absolutely shred your windbreaker with your glass I don't know how I don't remember ever getting hurt and I don't remember anything ever breaking I don't know how we didn't use any protective gear I think we were just supposed to be collecting glass or rocks as we had to call it code name because we weren't allowed to collect glass but I think in a way mother nature wanted us to be collecting that glass because we were never harmed that's beautiful 
Yeah. She was protecting you. Yeah. The back to space, back to the future space. So water, obviously water is a life-giving resource. It would help with the exploration in space. It can be made into oxygen and other helpful things, other resources for a long duration human stay, which would be long research trips that Joanna could hopefully just like hop in on if she finds an astronaut lover to just like maybe those suits are big you could just you could just get in (laughs) I'll be the first I'll be the moon's librarian the librarian of the moon librarian no I mean if moon village is real yeah the way that we see it yeah then yeah yeah oh my god I literally two episodes ago I didn't care at all about exploring things but then I was like we could tell the history of the solar system with a stratigraphic record of the regolith of the comets in the moon. <laughs> I was like, sign me up. Like, I want answers. And, yeah. you know, like, it is more, like, when you take it to, like, more of, like, a who am I here in all of this? How did we get here? Like, literally, how did this solar system become what it is and how are we all on this like rotating rock like that to me is more exciting than the possibility of then like framing it as like one person like conquering or like like conquering the elements and getting to where they need to be like I'm more interested in like the community of humanity and its place in like this this very big universe that we don't know anything about yeah that's actually a really interesting point that I don't I feel like yeah I mean I'm just gonna say exactly what you said in different words but it is interesting that like the story isn't told from that perspective the story is always told as like the journey part I will just say one more thing about the ice on the moon and then we'll get into more of people going to the moon soon, which is going to happen. So basically I was having a hard time like understanding how we will get this ice, like what is happening with the ice in the moon. And this one researcher, I will have like everyone's names and the sources and stuff in the show notes. But the way that it was explained was that like, in a refrigerator, if you have a cheap, bad refrigerator, which if you're in college and you you probably have one that has like an ice box, mm-hmm. like in that small area, that's where things get colder because they're like more, more dense in that small area. And then you get those like shaved, terrible icicles on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Basically, people are trying to like go to that small area and scrape out the moon ice and make sense of it in some way. The challenge is also going to be not melting the ice with the equipment as they are trying to extract it. That's wild. Yeah. So that will be uh, maybe the next challenge on Stars on Mars (laughs) is drilling ice without melting Maybe the best people on this. (laughs) We will send Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) to space pivoting to america because i was like okay 
do I have national pride right now? I was like, why is it like India and freaking Russia? And maybe like in the India-Russia race, I was like, and at this point of my research, I already knew that India beat them. But I was like, I am obviously rooting for India. Is it because of all of the anti-Russia rhetoric that I'm exposed to? Or is it because I'm like, finally, like, or like, I'm just rooting for like a non-white country to like do stuff in space that's more exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, although China did like go to the far side of space a couple of years ago. And then I was like, what the fuck is America doing? Like, where are we? Why are we not at the South Pole? Because what's that about? We're selling all of our contracts to Elon Musk. Yeah. So he, of course, has a big role in all of this, like in terms of, you know, not just funding, but like, actually, a lot of it is funding, like making sure that there's like enough fancy technology to get them to space. But I think that we've talked a lot about Elon Musk, and I want to talk about the people who are actually going on the mission to space. This coming November, Lunar Technology Company Intuitive Machines might be the first private American company to land a spacecraft on the moon, and they're Mm -hmm. hoping to do that on, or starting on November 15th, Um, and it will be called the IM-1 Lunar Lander Mission, and it's going to be on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. So that's what SpaceX is up to, and they're a year ahead of NASA in terms of like getting things to the moon, but NASA is sending a manned rocket to the moon in November 2024, and that's what I'm going to talk about. Humans have not been to the moon since the 1970s, so that's been 50 years, and clearly like- Huh? If they ever were there. If they ever were. That's another episode. <laughs> um, if they ever were there. Don't listen and... to that future geologist partners, I believe it. Wait, say that again? I was just telling all my future geologist partners that I don't actually believe in um, space conspiracies. Just in case. That was an ick for them. <laughs> yeah, no icks for the future geologist um, yeah. partners. Look. We love you and we respect what you do. Yeah. Um, we hope you're so rich. <laughs> we, we love you. We love you. Okay, NASA is sending a manned spaceship to the moon called Artemis 2. On this mission will be the first astronaut ever, first woman astronaut ever assigned to a lunar mission, and also the first black astro- astronaut ever assigned to a lunar mission. And you won't even imagine who else. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> a Canadian. <laughs> and also another guy, another white American guy. We have Reed Wiseman, who's 47. He was a U.S. Navy pilot. And he is the, um, you know, white American man going to space. We also have Victor Glover, who was a U.S. Navy test pilot, um, and he's been working for NASA for like 10 years. And he also he's gone to a space on a space flight, um, but not one to the moon. And he was the first black person to stay at the space station for an extended period of six months. Then we have Christina Cook, who love her. I feel connected to her. She has my name. She's an electrical engineer. She holds the record for the longest continuous time in space by a woman, which was 
328 days. Oh, I've heard of her. Yes. She participated in the first all-female spacewalk in 2019. And then also our Canadian, Jeremy Hansen. He was a fighter pilot with the Royal Canadian Air Force, and he's never, ever been to space. But they're trying to make a Bessie Honeymoon Lover on the Moon time, America plus Canada. (laughs) So Jeremy Hansen is going on the moon. Also, he is so tall. Like, I don't know how tall he is actually, but in all of the pictures of all of them, he is like towering over everybody. So we are sending a giant to space. That's crazy. You know, space makes you shorter. Maybe that's why Christina Cook is so short. (laughs) Maybe. She was there for 328 days. Yeah, she probably shrunk. As I was like researching this, I was watching um, interviews of all of them. And of course, like, because it's my algorithm and because she's a woman in space, I was immediately met with like, how they wash their hair in space, Marie Claire video. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what I've seen. So they like that. (laughs) I didn't watch it. I was like, I have to stop. I looked at everyone's Instagrams because I was like, you know, we talked about the celebrity of being an explorer and also the the clout and respect that comes from being like a NASA astronaut has to be astronomical. And now we're in this age of having people who are possibly going into the going on the moon. Like it's not the seventies anymore. They can have an Instagram account. So Victor Glover, the first black man who will be on the moon. um, He's the pilot of the, of the mission. His, Instagram bio is husband, dad, U.S. Navy captain, and NASA astronaut. Back on Earth after spending six months on the ISS as part of the SpaceX Crew-1 mission. And I was just like, that is cool as fuck to have as your Instagram bio. Like, first of all, it's such like a like a Navy or like military person yeah. thing to be like, husband, father, Navy person. But also like, you know, it's just all of these images of him like, with all of this all of this wiring and crazy stuff and like in your head you're like what do these people do all day and I will send you a video of him (laughs) it's not a really funny like you said you would send a video and I was like what if it's like a twitch stream like (laughs) like they're like streaming they probably could stream from space yeah like they're like thank you for the sub and they're like on their like like, they look like they're playing video games but they're like doing research or like they're doing other stuff but it's like a twitch stream (laughs) okay this what is happening is that there is a heroic soundtrack and this man this hero is somersaulting through the iss and it's glorious i mean zero gravity somersaulting i should say that's amazing Okay, read the caption. I was weightless on the ISS, and this was still tough. I respect your hard work, Simone Biles. Congratulations on winning your seventh national all-round title. Teach me some moves. Wow, I love this. <laughs> the celebrity of it all. 
the celebrity of it all actually I was like oh my god he's literally shouting out Simone Biles like he's referencing her win he's Mm -hmm. doing what he needs to do with his you know public facing persona online he's being goofy he's like showing us what he does during the day like get ready with me not get ready with me but like do zero gravity somersaults with me at the ISS in space this is fodder for a that might be the second time I said fodder in this episode and there's it is. A um for a PhD dissertation on celebrities with a case study of astronauts then and now yeah I mean there is so the four of them went onto the late show with Stephen Colbert and they were very funny and every time any one of them said anything the entire audience like clapped so hard like I think they couldn't even do the full interview because every answer got praise and I watched like individual interviews about each astronaut from NASA like from the NASA YouTube too and like on on the late show they're obviously like being goofier because it's Stephen Colbert and he's like making jokes about them like they're gonna hate each other they're like not gonna be friends after this and like you know because they're gonna be in space together for so long or whatever and they he specifically asked Christina Cook like you have been you are the one who's been in space for the longest like what was it like to see the earth rise and can you describe that to you know your colleagues and like the the audience or whatever and she said she gave this like really great um you know PR like we're all in this together response which was and like also she's really really good at like giving like a clip for um all of these interviews I noticed like she's she's very she's like very concise and inspirational (laughs) and she said like when you're looking at the earth and you see the glowing blue atmosphere around it and like the universe but then the stars behind it like all you know is that we are all in this together there are no borders and there are no like religious differences and we are all just part of humankind and like this mission is to advance like humans to better understanding where we come from or something and then she was like and on the darker side of the earth like when you're on the other side it's like this green band and it's really cool whatever and Mm -hmm. Then I watch another interview with her where they ask her, like, did you always expect to be an astronaut? And she said, I knew I always wanted to go to space and everything that I did wasn't always like directed at this goal, but it was like somehow around it. And she went to NC State. She ended up like once she became an astronaut, she got like a honorary PhD from NC State she was an engineer she's been to Antarctica and she's been to she's like been on space missions as an engineer and also as a researcher um Mm -hmm. just in like various intense exploration she was asked like what do you 
what like draws you to this? Why do you like it? And she was like, I have always, what did she say? She was like, I love the feeling of being small. And I was like, oh my God, this is like such a different answer than everything we talked about in the last two episodes. Yeah. Like this to me just makes the like advancement of humanness make so much more sense than like this idea of I don't know literally feeling big yeah yeah I understand feeling small a lot more than I do understand feeling big like and I think that NASA is doing a really good job of marketing of like you know doing the PR of like we are all together as one which like from a government agency just like feels like bullshit but also what else are you gonna say I mean we could go into the realm of like you know the Teddy Roosevelt like we are advancing the human race and we are like becoming the the best that we can possibly be. We could talk about like Elon Musk saying that he wants to make sure that humans are like shouldn't be a a one a one planet species. Like yeah, that has the undertone of like because we deserve to span a wider yeah. space, and the answer like. I've always enjoyed feeling small or I like feeling small. I don't know. I feel like it just like creates this placement of, I don't know, like all these existential questions of like, how did, how did we get here? Why am I here? Um, What will learning more about my environment, like how will that impact me personally? You know? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And to me, it's also speaking to this thing of like, um, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers said, the more I see, the less I know. You know, and it's kind of like the idea of feeling small is like we're answering things, but at the same time, every answer leads to more and more questions. Like, we're always going to be feeling smaller and smaller because. We simply are small, whereas this like more conquest mindset, I feel like is kind of the assumption is that there is a there is an amount that is like the maximum to know. And we are getting there every time we go and like conquer something where like, you know, coloring in the map or because apparently my brain can only think of thinking maps, but you know, like we're putting our flag down in every place in one day, like it'll all be ours instead of kind of recognizing this idea that like there will always be more and more that we don't know the more and more we learn about things. And I agree that it's to me something like an idea that resonates much more with me than this conquest mindset. Yeah. And I think what is so, again, like, takes me to this, like, 
evil like sci-fi version of like this evil sci-fi movie version of this reality is that like Elon Musk is the corporate funding evil backing that they need like they you know Victor Glover was on a SpaceX mission like they they need the funding and they need the technology to get to these places and it's going to be like two two agency two like one like corporate private agency and one like government agency like really butting heads but you know in terms of like the philosophy of the of the thing but like also trying to get to there and like Christina Cook is saying like I love feeling small. I want to better understand my place in the universe. And Elon Musk is like, I want to be so big that I span the universe. And yet they both have to like either be on the mission or like somehow create the technology to get to that, to these very separate goals. Yeah. Yeah. It It is like the ultimate effort and cooperation like you said literally it doesn't happen unless we have cooperation and then that also like as you mentioned earlier that spans like nations so there's a huge cooperative angle and it is interesting how the philosophies play out in that and I don't know like I'd be interested to know how that's changed over time and what people think like the future of that will be like, will we have to cooperate like this forever? Or is there a universe universe in which people with their own interests are able to stand up a mission to space all on their own? You know, the mission to space that they have now been promoting for like a year mm-hmm. is happening a year from now. And I feel like, you know, if this is possible, then maybe the Elon Musk on the moon by 2029 is actually very possible. You and, going to Mars. Oh, ex- excuse me, Mars. I feel like Mars, five years to Mars, or five years from that initial landing on the moon to Mars, I think that's a little too early. Now that I've read a little bit about it. <laughs> Not that I know more about it than but than Christina, that. But, you see the little animations? What? The little animations that they've made on their website that oh, show. Oh yeah, going to Mars. Land. Yeah. I he's just daydreaming. I mean, look, I am believing now, unfortunately, that I think he might make it to Mars. And I am imagining like Victor Glover and Christina Cook like in the same vessel as him and just being so annoyed and being like this guy is like a liability like he's here because he paid for the ship yeah like we're on his private jet yeah but like he needs to shut up he's so annoying I'm guessing they're so personable and they have to be personable like I'm now that you're now that it's all coming together like probably the fact that they're so good at press is a result of like some combination of personality traits you literally have to have to go on a long like you have to be (laughs) 
you have to be friendly and you have to get along with people. And I'm sure they like measure that. <laughs> so I am, I think internally they would probably say what you're saying, but like externally they would have to, they would have no choice but to get along. No, you're so right. Because it's not like these people were plucked from their jobs and immediately put on this mission. It was like, I don't know how many people, maybe like 15 ish people in similar jobs like taken to this training space in in Texas and then like and then four were named or three were named and then they like took a Canadian person but yeah you're right it's so funny to think about like the politics that probably went into that like maybe because in Victor Glover's interview he said like it's crazy to think about like I have so many colleagues who could also be on this trip and it's me and I'm like so happy and proud whatever but yeah, it's probably like who who can who has the skill set like who has the, you know, career job like engineering skill set to do the job, but then also like who what mesh of people will actually be able to make it yes. to the moon. <laughs> Yeah, they literally observe them, I'm sure, and then like run through all possible combinations of people and they simulate who will be the most successful together. Yeah, I am. I So I followed Victor and Christina Slayers on Instagram. And I am excited to see if they make it. And then if they go back, I don't know if they would also be the people who like go back to like be on like set foot on the moon. Because this mission is, and I forget if I like, said this but this mission is for like getting just getting there and not getting off but just making it to the moon how long will that take it's supposed to be 10 days and then they'll come back this is so interesting yeah and in the colbert interview they were saying like um they're all like and the thing that we're worried about is that none of us have obviously gone to the moon so we're kind of nervous about like none of us can a- answer the question like is this normal is this normal is this normal because they're literally like going to the moon <laughs> and can't okay. confirm like have you been have you been to this Walt Whitman rest stop <laughs> like there's no dad in the car so yeah. I mean except Victor yeah husband father yeah yeah so that's what I got I wanted to like my initial idea for this episode changed when I learned that India made it to the South Pole. And yeah. then as I learned more about that, I was like, oh, um, what yeah, are we I think doing? We're talking about the CIA and aliens. Yeah, I just got to it. I got more excited about this. And then I was like, you know, I think that a positive spin <laughs> could be good for an episode (laughs) instead of instead of being angry at the world which is my usual shtick Mm -hmm. so yeah what the heck I'm a science enthusiast now wow amazing yeah I'm excited science needs better communicators and you you're there yeah, I am. I haven't signed my NDA yet, so I'll say but it. But literally, okay, the other thing I was going to say is like literally doing this podcast, Christina, is like, like we talk a lot about science and technology. So you're already there. Like you. No, I know. Yeah. Such, just from such a different perspective. 
Yeah, but that's it's an important perspective. Yeah. And it resonates with so many. Yeah. So I hope that everyone who is listening learned something. Maybe you have a new hero (laughs) who can inspire you to reach for the stars. Oh my God. Yeah. That's all I have. Amazing. I loved every minute of it. You guys, if you want to reach for the stars, you need to do this. Subscribe to us on every platform possible. Eventually, we will have a studio on the moon. But in the meantime, before our moon network, in order to get the moon network, we need you to subscribe and rate the show on any and every platform. I also would love it if people, if I, if any of my memes on Instagram, like speak to you, like, please share them on your story. Please DM them to a meme page. Please tell the world that my original, that I'm making them like, obviously the images I'm taking from other places, but like everything with text on it, I've made that up. Subscribe, like, rate, review, love. That's all. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.